welcome to the Through the Lens of Learning podcast. If we haven't met, hello, I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Schroyer. I'll give you two words that summarize me to a T, lifelong learner. Join me as I share a bit about my own journey of curiosity, learning, and wonder. You'll also get to hear from some phenomenal individuals on what they're curious about learning and what they have to share too. Are you itching with excitement yet? I am, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back for another episode of Through the Lens of Learning. And for this episode, I'm going to share with you a little bit more about debt. And raise your hand if that word just makes you cringe. (laughs) Because I can absolutely say that that is how it feels for me, even still to this day. Um, But I have acknowledged that I've been in denial about some of the debt um, and specifically focused around student loan debt. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I started my college career, you might say, in 1996, in the fall of 96, and did not get it, air quotes, for those who can't see me or not watching the video, write and do a four-year degree. I was working full-time. I was not married when I started uh, college, university. I did get married during, um, which my parents had even said, wait until you're done with your bachelor's degree to get married. Um, Neither of my parents had come from uh, a college, you know, had gotten a college degree. And I decided to get married in in the midst of it. Um, So two years after I started, I had gotten married. It took me eight years to get my undergrad. I went to, I want to say it was four different places. I started out at a university, a very well-known university uh, here in Ohio, and uh, decided that I wasn't quite sure if that's the route I wanted to go. And so I went to a community college for a little bit and, uh, maybe not even that I may have gone to the Ohio state university from there and, uh, found out that it was really rough. Uh, and, uh, went to a community college from there. And I think I bounced back and forth a couple different places, you know, the same universities. Um, I only in that eight years took two, semesters or quarters off. Um, otherwise I was going to school for the most part. I got a lot of, um, support and funding from my, uh, the workplace and what I ended up having to do through a lot of that is fund my life. And, you know, let's be honest, I probably didn't make all the right choices. Um, and spent that money and should have been more cognizant of what I was spending money on and uh, what we were spending money on. Um, We had health issues uh, we went through and um, lack of income. So that uh, supplement uh, for the the loan debt, getting that money um, helped that, you know, some of that helped to pay the bills. Um, to keep us in our house, uh, to keep us in our cars. And maybe that wasn't the right answer, but that was the right answer and the right thing for what I felt to do at the time um, to continue living the way that we were living. 
So looking back, maybe I made some mistakes. Um, I did what I felt was best at the time, um, right or wrong. So um, fast forward to the last two and a half years of my bachelor's degree, I went to a great university, um, got my undergrad in English and was able to do 98% of it uh, nights uh, and weekends, I think. I don't think they had any online at that time uh, for that program. And I had to go uh, like two classes during the day, which my manager thankfully was able to uh, help me to arrange so that I was able to do that. And that cost me the bulk of my undergrad is that last two and a half years because of the cost of the university that I went to. Um, and the fact that I was using my loans to fund the life or our life. Um, and didn't have, um, two incomes. Um, it was single income for quite a long time. And, uh, after that went into my master's program. Again, I got funding from my organization. I'm forever grateful for that. But again, uh, you know, struggled. We had two incomes. We had one income. We kind of went back and forth with that, uh, more health issues. And, um, so did what I thought was best at the time. And I, this is so not easy to talk about. And it was only, so even after that, I went on to get my PhD and that's very expensive and it's very time consuming. So it took me six years um, a lot of that my organization helped to pay for, and again, found the need to take some of that and fund, um, life, um, and to be able to keep the house, keep the cars, keep the bills, keep the heat on, all that kind of stuff. Um, no, I would not say anything frivolous or crazy. Um, but again, right or wrong, that's what I had done. That was the choice I made at the time. And thankfully, when I went back after my PhD and got my master's, I was a whole heck of a lot smarter <laughs> and in a better place in life overall, um, income-wise and just mentality, I guess, um, and ended up uh, my organization funded 90% of that, and I was able to pay and pay on time and as I went for the 10% that I owed. Um, so in a totally different place, um, in my life, um, and in my thought process around debt and not wanting to have any debt or take out any loans or anything like that. Um, student loan debt. Um, I've always been scared. Like, um, so I, I have a lot, a lot of student loan debt. I went to a financial advisor at one point. It was somebody that a family member had recommended and very, very nice guy. But the recommendation for me, uh, th these are his words. You are the, he says, in all the years I've been doing this, you are the person with the second most student loan debt, the dollar amount that I've ever seen. And the other person was a pharmacist and granted they make, Good money. I make good money now. Um, I haven't really looked up. I know a pharmacist makes good money. I don't know how much more than what I'm making. Maybe I should take a look at that. <laughs> I'm not going back to school to be a pharmacist. And um, he said, my only recommendation with your financial status right now is that you 
either sell your house and he didn't really say what to do after that. Like live in an apartment, live under a bridge. I don't know. Sell your house to use that to help pay your student loan debt and get a second full-time job that makes just as much as your full-time job now to help pay the debt. I, I walked out of that meeting. <coughs> I was by myself in that meeting and I walked out of that meeting and I just, I broke down in tears. I'm like, I have gone through, at that point it was 16 plus years of education with the mindset that I didn't even have enough after, and this was after my PhD before I even went and got the master's after that, of the mindset that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't good enough, that I needed more credentials um, to be able to talk about the things that I talk about. And that's so not true. <laughs> and you know what? I never went back to that financial advisor. I appreciate feedback and recommendations from people, but sometimes it's not the right thing. It's what it's the right thing for somebody, but maybe not for you. So I would recommend that you think with your heart and your head. Um, I should have brought tissues up here with me. <laughs> um, I didn't think I was going to get this, this emotional. Um, so I walked away from that financial advisor and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> what the hell have I gotten myself into? And what am I going to do to get out of it? And I will tell you, there were very, very dark thoughts after that. Um, I've been through depression. I wouldn't say I've been through severe depression. Um, I've functioning depression a lot. Um, but when I go through significant change in my life, um, typically, you know, I have that and that creeps in. And I will tell you, thinking about this debt and the weight that this debt had on me, I'm going to pause for a minute and go get a tissue. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Got me some toilet paper. Closest thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I walked out of that financial advisor's office and I sat in my car and I just cried. And I thought, what the hell did I get myself into? What did I get us into, my husband and I? And what the hell am I going to do from here? What are we going to do from here? Um, and like I mentioned, um, I feel like in my own mind, and I probably didn't share this, and I probably should have gone to a therapist. I've gone through a therapist on and off in my life, and I didn't. But oh my gosh, there were some really dark thoughts um, about how to get rid of that debt. <laughs> And I, so a couple of the things that you can do, and I learned this from Dr. Lee Cordell, um, I knew flight, fright, freeze, and there's fawn, um, your reactions to things that happen. And what happened to me and where I have been for the longest time 
has been freeze. I've been frozen. And part of me has been an ostrich sticking my head in the sand and acting like it's not there. And I've been able to survive pretty well. And as many of you know, in the States, uh, for the last couple years, few years, uh, there have been debates on student loan debt and um, almost like we, when we had a home loan crisis where people were getting more money than they should have and they couldn't pay it back, um, a lot of discussion about that around student loan debt. And um, the student loan debt uh, payments were frozen uh, for with the pandemic and the things going on with the pandemic. And I thought to myself, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't have to go back to school to defer my loans, to not pay them. And granted, I'm in a position now where I have the money to pay the minimum payment. And thankfully, because of the payment by your income um, versus like what your payment would be if it wasn't by your income, which is ridiculous. Uh, but that also feels like a life sentence um, when it's you know, up to 20, 30 years, I think it's 20, 20 years. Like this is how long I have not looked at it. Um, it could be 20 years of monthly payments and the things that you could do with that income. Um, if you weren't paying student debt, oh my gosh, you know, all the dreams and the things that we would love to do, but thinking about, and I don't know that I even want to call mistakes that I made in the past. Would I have done things differently? Maybe. I don't know. I can't say 100% for sure if I would do things differently if I knew then what I know now. Um, but um, with the student loan debt crisis um, in the pandemic, student loan payments were frozen. So that helped me with my own freeze that I didn't have to think about it. And I just had to think about um, listening to the news and finding out, okay, there's another extension. There's another extension, you know, a few more months out, a few more months out. Um, and I think I once said, and it may have been to one friend or one person close to me, um, just the overwhelm and the shame that I have around my student loan debt. And it wasn't until late last week I was in a room where I felt really, really safe. A room with other female entrepreneurs in a coaching circle that I'm part of. And Nellie Corveau is one of my business coaches. And she was sharing with us. Um, she, she started the Wealthy Queen Movement. And I love her discussion about wealth not being an icky word and not feeling gross and weird. And I think when I thought of the word wealth in the past, it made me think of the, um, what is that? The housewives, <laughs> like the rich housewives throwing around their diamonds and, you know, living it up and partying and all that kind of stuff. And, um, it did feel icky and it felt like that's so unattainable and that's so unrealistic, um, for anybody. Um, and so in this room, uh, with all these other women, 
the first, so Nellie shared with us 25 wealth codes that have helped her um, throughout her um, businesses and helped to guide her and that she was sharing with us. And she did say there was an order to them and you had to build upon them. Her very first wealth code was money mindset. And I thought, mm, yeah, I'm okay. And still that student loan debt was like sitting over here on the shelf, frozen. And it was almost hidden. Like I kept it hidden away because there was shame to it. Right. And, um, Nellie continued to talk about our money mindset and our money blocks and the different stories we tell ourselves and how we have to reframe our mindset. And for some reason, that student loan debt hit me smack in the face. And this was first thing in the morning. The very first code that she uncovered and talked about, I would have never thought that this hit me. And I wasn't even as emotional then as I feel like I am now talking about it. But I raised my hand because she asked, you know, do, do any of you have issues with money mindset? And I raised my hand. And for the first time in a group of people, I said, I have a ton of shame around all the student debt that I have. And I said, I don't know exactly how much my student debt is right now, but I know it's way more than my mortgage. And that scares the hell out of me. And I don't know how I'm going to attain that. How I'm going to pay that debt. And Nellie was helping us to reframe our mindset and even helping me looking at me talking about how amazing is that, that you were trusted and they gave you that credit so that you could go to school, that you could gain that knowledge. And I looked at her close to tears, but not quite. And I said, they were foolish. <laughs> like, that's crazy that they, that the government did that. And whatever your take is on the government, put that, you know, that's, that's a separate conversation for sure. Um, and I, I don't feel like that I have been in a victim mindset. Like I am the victim of student loan debt and all of this because I had decisions along the way. Um, I had the ability to say, I'm not going to go to this college or university. I'm going to do, I'm going to take a different path. I had the ability to say, I'm not going to continue on with my master's or my PhD. Um, that I'm going to find a different way to fund my education. I had a huge, it was, I had a huge part in it, a huge part, the majority part of it. It's my decisions that I made in my life. And I get that, but I will tell you, that throughout the student loan uh, and the pandemic and the crisis and everything, when there was consideration of the government considering whether to give 10000 or 20000 take that off of people's student debt, um, or to just cancel debt altogether, I'm on my couch watching the news like this. And those who can't see me, who aren't listening on or watching a video, I'm crossing both my fingers like really tight. I was like that on my couch, like crunched down thinking, 
oh my god, this would solve all my problems. This would solve all my problems. Like, it, it was frozen, and like, if it just disappeared, and then I don't have to deal with it, and it's gone. But in reality, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And you know what? It wasn't the right thing if that was the answer. Because taxpayers should not be paying for those decisions that I made. Yes, maybe I was taken advantage of in the cost of education. Let's move past that. Um, I signed the papers to take out the loans to get that debt. And when you take out loans, you're responsible for paying them back. And um, so I had opened up last week to this group of women. And I shared that um, you don't have a lot of shame around it. And I didn't quite know why. Um, it was a lot of, it's a lot of money. And I felt like some of the shame was in that I shouldn't have made the decisions that I made to get myself in that position. That I should have done things differently. But what's really even weird is there was a lot of guilt that went with the shame because thinking back, I don't know that I would have done it differently. I don't know that I would have made decisions differently, which is such a weird feeling. And so even recently, I had talked to my husband and I said, you know what? I work full time. I'm teaching on the side. My teaching helps pay for my business for me to get my business off the ground and running. At this point in time, I can't foresee myself leaving my full-time job and just having my business. And that's not my intention right now. I don't know if that could change later on. That's just not my intention right now. But there was something in me after being able to verbalize and say how I felt, acknowledge that I had this debt, acknowledge the feelings around it um, recently, that I was able to think I'm such a problem solver, like let's get to work. And for those who can't see, I'm wearing my team get shit done shirt. <laughs> That's who I am. It's like, okay, you try not to run to solution, um, trying to figure out solutions, um, trying to look at the problem, what the root cause is and all of that. And I have realized through my post PhD masters that I'm not repeating that same um, way of thinking that I did all those years prior. It kind of stinks that it was daily a dollar short almost. Um, but I have learned my lesson and I changed my behavior. And so then I got to thinking, okay, I have this mound of debt. What the hell am I going to do from here? It's not going to disappear. It's not going to stay frozen over there on that shelf. Um, especially when there's supposedly no more extensions to the student debt uh, pause in the U.S. Even if there is, I need to get off my ass and figure this out. Or else it's going to be that weight holding me down for so much longer. It's time to come out of this frozen mindset and focus on what do I do from here? to move on. One of the things though is in thinking more about why do I feel such shame and such guilt around 
this debt. Um, Nellie had shared with me a podcast episode from her Wake Up and Be Wealthy um, podcast. And let me actually be able to tell you what episode it is because she said something in this that made me realize um, why it was that I felt so much shame. Let me find... Okay, so it's not coming up on my phone right away. One moment. Okay, wake up and be wealthy. Buzzsprout.com. This is episode 117 How to Fall in Love with Paying Off Debt. Um, so, what Nellie, or what Nellie, what Nellie had said is around her debt and her feelings around her debt is that it stemmed back to the feelings at the time that she took the debt out. So like the student loan debt that she had or the credit card debt, you know, retail cards um, that she had taken out. And it was taking her back to that time in her life where she was struggling and she felt she had to do that to get to where she wanted to go. And in a way, being able to bless and release that. Um, but she talked about wanting to get rid of her debt because with it still being there, it was reminiscent of that challenging time in her life and kind of bringing that back. And you know what? That's what it, that's what it is for me. And I didn't realize it until I heard on her podcast her saying that. And it took me back to those years where I was struggling. I wasn't sure what the light at the end of the tunnel was. I've always had a fear of starting something and never finishing it. Even though I think almost everything I've started, I've finished. A, a big majority of it, if, if not. But for me, there was a fear in figuring out how to pay the next bill, how to, if we were only going to have one income, how long was that going to last? How are we going to afford X, Y, and Z? I wanted the education that I felt was going to give me the credibility and be able to do a lot more things in my life, whether it was in my full-time job, whether it was getting that teaching job on the side, even up to, you know, being able to launch a business. And it was and it still is very important to me to have that opportunity to do that. And so I'm grateful that I took those steps. And maybe that's why I don't feel so different. Like I would make different decisions if I went back in time. Um, but it makes me think of the fear. And um, I guess a fear of scarcity or lack or kind of that bottomless pit of depression, um, just the unknown. And even the perceptions, I think, that other people would have of you. We put so much weight on that. <laughs> Grab I glad, glad I grabbed this. We put so much weight on the perceptions that other people have of us. And... 
we don't need the fancy car. Um, I was worried about even having a car. Um, and just, there's a lot, I feel like a lot, (laughs) um, starting to unpack around all of that. So Nellie's podcast just really opened me up to, and that episode specifically opened me up to why I may be feeling that shame and that guilt and that all of these feelings around this student loan debt and why I have put it on the shelf, frozen it, you know, frozen it. Yeah. Keep, keep keeping it frozen. Um, and not wanting to acknowledge it, um, because it's hard, right? That shit is hard, um, to deal with your feelings and to go through all of that and to kind of dissect everything. Um, and that was a really hard time. That was a hard time in my life, uh, going through that. People not, you know, going, being in school is hard as a college university student. Um, being a student while you're working full time, while a loved one has uh, significant health issues, um, is really, really hard. Um, and being able to acknowledge that, I don't know if I would say it feels good, um, but it feels really freeing to put that out there and to talk about that. Um, so that was really for me the first time that I have acknowledged, um, to more than one person, um, other than to myself and keeping that hidden deep down in those feelings, um, that I have shame in that and that I'm, I want to move beyond that. And I know that there's a long road ahead. Hell, it's been a long road getting here. Um, So one of the things, let's turn the corner here, in thinking about how do I tackle this mound of student debt that I have, I have, for the last year and a half, um, had my business up and running. And I've tried numerous things. And put things out there, kind of throw them at the wall, see what sticks, what doesn't. And I feel like I did not take a lot of time to prepare to launch my business. I did take a lot of time to prepare to launch my business. Um, it makes me think of when people talk about, I'm not, I'm not ready to have kids. I'm not ready to start a business. You're never going to be. Sometimes you just got to go out there, you got to do it, and you got to figure it out. And so for the last year and a half or so, that's exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> I started it. I, you know, thought I was in a good place and I feel like I, I have done really well and I have definitely increased my visibility on social media, um, and in person. And a lot of people know me, uh, for a lot of what I do on LinkedIn. Um, and that's where my audience is. That's where, Um, the heart of who I am here to serve through my business uh, is and uh, operates and um, uh, is on on a regular basis. And so what I thought of with my student loan debt is um, I am getting even more focused in my business. I have taken a step back in the last few months And I had previously uh, talked about evolving Upskill University, which is what my business started as, 
to the Society for Lifelong Learning. And in the last couple of months, I have taken a step back even from that and realized the importance of me being my brand. And I have Chrissy Connor on my shoulder saying, I told you this all along, but I'm here to support you anyway. <laughs> um, and so I have taken a step back from um, even pitching and putting out there the Society for Lifelong Learning. I may or may not come back to it. I don't know. That's sitting on the shelf. That's frozen right now. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, it's not doing any harm. Um, and it's not giving me any shame or guilt sitting there uh, frozen. And I focus more on me being my brand. And um, I also took the advice of my former manager. So thank you, Shelly. Um, and I started a LLC under my name. So it's Tracy Shoyer, PhD, LLC. And so my personal brand and the things I'm doing right now are under that LLC. And I'm feeling really good about it. And I feel like I'm getting more aligned to where I should be. And in the path or the trajectory to where I should be going for the direction that I should be going. And as I think about all this mount, mounting debt, my goal is to, over the next two to three years, aiming for two, my husband is saying he thinks it'll be five. But for all you listening on the phone who are married or have a partner, you always want to prove them wrong, right? Um, so within two to three years, I would like to build my business. I am going to build my business to where I can freaking wipe out this student debt that has been weighing me down and not let it take over and not let it, as it unthaws in front of me, weigh me down. So with my branding getting aligned, um, with my mindset getting more and more aligned, with getting more clarity on who my ideal clients are, um, they've been, I've had an idea, um, and it's been lifelong learners all along, but I'm given, getting even more specific into what that looks like and what that means. And I'll share more um, here soon. I'm working on a lot of exercises and activities around ideal client, my client avatar, personas, um, my vision, my mission, my goals, my values, all of these things. And a huge shout out to my business coaches. Uh, Brittany Dixon is my systems and process coach. And I'm walking through her Hustle to Flow program. Nellie Corveau is um, all things business, uh, part of the Wealthy Queen movement. I'm in her Wealthy Queen inner circle. And Chrissy Connor is my social media strategy coach, and I am in her visible inner circle. Um, it's very hard as an entrepreneur to have one coach that fits all your needs. And yes, it can be expensive, but I'm also using that uh, teaching to help pay <laughs> for this. Um, I could be using, now here's where, you know, some people might think, hey, you're making this money, you're putting it into your business from your teaching, you could be using that to start paying down your student loans. That's true. But I'm also taking a risk and believing in myself and believing in what I can do and that I could take all this knowledge and this education that I have and do so much more with it. I can teach. I have that as a well-oiled machine now. 
um, even from a time perspective and from being able to support my students. Um, and I know I have so much more to give. And I know some people think I never sleep. I do. Lots of vitamins, lots and lots of vitamins and thyroid medicine help me with the energy. Um, but I know I have so much more to give. So my goal is in the next two to three years is to build my business to wipe out that student loan debt. And I am very, very excited about the things that I have coming to prepare me to be able to do that and to be able to serve my ideal clients, which if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably part of that population. Um, I would say if you have not already subscribed to my email list to make sure that you get on it, um, you can visit my website, www.tracyshoyerphd.com. And that's T-R-A-C-Y-S-H-R-O-Y-E-R-P-H-D.com. And subscribe to my email list. You'll get 100 ways to upskill personally and professionally. I am gearing up and putting things in place and really going in strong on the strategy and getting the support I need from these coaches I have. And not just attending and listening to calls or reading posts, but asking questions getting feedback, making progress, um, and getting out there and continuing to be visible. And I'm so, so excited about what the future holds. And I'm very, very excited that I've been able to take a step forward and start to move out of being frozen from that debt that I have, and specifically in my student loan debt, to you know, why am I feeling this way? And what can I do moving forward to help solve the this challenge? I don't know that it's a problem. It's a challenge um, to solve, you know, to move forward and overcome this challenge and to build my business and to do what I want to do um, and take all of that knowledge and that education and everything that I've built out up over that 16 plus years of being in college, all of the reason that I have that student loan debt and being able to turn it into something amazing and something beautiful. So I am extremely excited. Is there fear? Yes. If there wasn't fear, there's something wrong. So I am extremely excited about um, what lies ahead and the direction that things are going. Um, Not only for me, things are going extremely well in my full-time job, and I'm extremely grateful for the opportunities there and for the people that I get to support and help, business partners, my team members, um, uh, vendors, everybody. Um, But I am Uh, equally excited about what's coming and what's starting to happen and kind of flourish within me, my own mindset, within things that are coming out in my business and those things that I have complete and total control over and driving that direction and that, that progress and that success. Um, and also the excitement for my students because they're going to be able to witness this, um, as I go through this journey too. And they have helped, um, whether they realized it or not, um, to be a cheerleader, to be support and to get my mind thinking 
um, from the different topics that we discuss and the different uh, support that they need. Um, so I am super, super excited. And um, I thank you if you're still listening to this podcast. Um, this was not easy to do and the timing had to be right um, to even do it. And I'm grateful for the people in my life um, who have supported me through, you know, the good and the bad, the richer and the poorer, the sickness and health. And so not just my husband, but all of those friends, those coworkers, everybody. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, what's ahead. So thank you for listening and I hope you have an awesome day. This podcast is brought to you by Tracy Schroyer, PhD, LLC. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to share with your network and keep listening. Thanks again and have a great day.